This is the How to Become a Career Coach podcast, the largest podcast for up-and-coming career coaches in the world, and is dedicated to helping people that are in the early stages of becoming a career coach. I'm your host, Philip Mianko, and in this show, we bring practical advice based on real experiences, and we share actual stories of people that are current career coaches. So, let's get started. We have Brad Finkeldy joining us today, and really wanted to bring him onto the podcast today and have all of our listeners really hear his story One, because we both come from Austin, Texas, and we were talking about that a little bit before we hit the record (laughs) button, but more so his speciality is really around self-confidence and really around self-confidence coaching. And even coming from his own story and becoming a coach, I just thought it was super powerful and I'm super excited to have you here today. So thanks so much for joining us, Brad. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you having me. It's an opportunity to help someone get out of their head and get into their heart and do what they really care about. Totally. um, Yeah. That's what I'm here to do. Awesome. Well, you know, on that note, I gave a little bit of intro, but just for people who maybe haven't heard of you before or who are meeting you for the first time, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, I've got a tech background. I was a nerd and a geek in the uh, first iteration of my life. I want to say it wasn't beta, like, you know, it was the first official version. (laughs) That version lasted probably about 13 years. You know, I was a web analyst, I was a web engineer, did server management, configured servers, supported websites, supported a lot of different things. So I had that career for about 13 years. I'm originally actually from St. Louis, but I moved to Austin, Texas in Mm. 2012. I found my place in, I had the big house, had the nice car, had all the stuff that I thought was going to make me happy, but I wasn't. I remember being in this company that I was working in there was just something missing for me. And I reached out to, which I'd never done this before. I reached out to a life coach. We had a conversation and I recommend, you know, reach out to a coach because they'll give you a whole new perspective on who you are. And if it's a good one, they'll call you out. And that's what I do <laughs> yep, <that's laughs> because what I there's, th- there's value in it. And she looked at me at the end of our conversation and she said, I can tell you're not very confident and that you're just using your big paycheck to impress people with all your stuff. And it was the first time like truth like settled in my stomach. I was like, oh God, it's me, not her. Like, oh man, this is all my problem. It was my first adulting moment to really look within and start looking at like, what do I really want to do? And what I found was, is that while I am enthusiastic and passionate and love technology and that, that had been my avenue, my calling has been working with people has been, you know, my very first job, which was in technology, was actually management. And I did a great job at it. And then I took a turn for money. And that went me down the rabbit hole inside of tech. And I am grateful that I had those experiences because I learned a lot. Like, you know, I can build my own website and I know how to I know how to talk nerdy, you know, and, um, and I can still do some of the nerdy <laughs> about why that's valuable. What's even more valuable was me discovering where my greatest strengths are and that's with people. And as much as I love 
tech and, and everything, there's nothing better to me than having an actual conversation where I get to help make a difference for someone, where their life gets to pivot in a new direction and in the direction in which they want to go. It was a really profound moment in my life that, you know, one person made a difference for me. And now I get to do that for other people. I think it's so, so powerful. And I imagine going back and thanking that coach of like, that was the pivot point almost, the crux of what happened with, with everything else. Because I imagine having that call out where you feel it in your stomach. Or I imagine yeah. for a lot of our listeners where there's the work you're doing and then there's the work that you feel called to do. And I heard you say like, this is the working one-on-one -on -one with people. It's ultimately what I'm called to do. And I think that's also super powerful. But I feel like ultimately it's something where some people turn on and listen to it and other people kind of push it aside and don't do it as much. So kind of on that note and in the transition to becoming a coach, what made you ultimately make that leap into coaching? And I know we talked about that a little bit before we hit the yeah. record button, but making that leap into coaching. And then I want to get into specifically making the transition then to self-confidence coaching. Cause I think that would be super cool. Yeah. So, you know, the story in the short story of it is, you know, she called me out at the time I was really passionate about doing photography. And what happened was after she called me out, I really had that come to Jesus moment with myself. Like, what do you really want to do? What do you really want? And it kept centering around helping people and traveling. And I was like, okay, I want to do that. And I'm like, well, the photography can fit inside of that. And that was a passion to do it. And I've been working on side did weddings and stuff like that. And a lot of uh, passion projects. The moment I made the decision, like the mental and energetic decision, like I'm doing this, nothing else has changed though. That's when things started to shift. And about two weeks after that decision, I'm walking my dog and I'm like, maybe I'll get fired this morning or not, not this morning, but maybe the fastest way to do this is to get fired. You know, that way I don't have to quit. My brain's just kind of strategizing. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Like maybe I'll get fired, whatever. I went into work that morning and that's what happened. Like, I got laid off <laughs> and I called my brother and after I got laid off, he was like, dude, that's awesome. You can collect unemployment and you get severance. You wouldn't have got that if you would have quit. I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize that. True. <laughs> so there's your side sneaky strategy to someone who <laughs> get laid off or get fired first. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, so interesting how that kind of just, you were manifesting that it actually happens that way. Yeah. So that moment, it helped me realize. And I walked out and to be honest, like I was scared and I was also excited at the same time. Like, mm. ah, ooh, uh, ah, this is great. This is awesome. This is horrible. Oh my God. I'm going to pay my bills. Uh, like, even though, you know, I had plenty of money saved and all this kind of stuff. That's just what our egos do. They're, they're all fear driven, right? That led me to following my passion, which then led me to an international photography gig down in Guatemala. I did that. Then what happened was I came back from that trip and I went back home to St. Louis for the holidays. And so I went to go visit my mom and my brothers. And when I got home, something in me was telling me to move back to St. Louis. And what was going on was I realized that my mom's house had fallen apart since my dad passed away. And I wanted to do something about that. And I, I asked myself that question, would I regret it if I didn't go for it? Mm. And I said, ah, damn it. Now I got to move back. <laughs> so I packed up my house and I moved back into my mom's house. And during that process, I rehabbed my mom's basement and gave her a really nice 70th birthday present. She got to do 
you know, carpet angels in the basement and everything. It was one of those moments where you're like, I did something and it wasn't for me. And that felt cool. During that, that time though, I was going to yoga classes and I met a yoga instructor and she introduced me to the business of coaching. And in my mind, that had never occurred to me. I just reached out to a life coach, you know, the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, so the time frame is about a year. And we just had a conversation and that kind of kicked things off and catalyzed things. But it never occurred to me to do that as a business at all, like that as a pathway. Then it did. And I found a school to go to and get a certification. And I went out and did that. And then I started the process and wrote a book and went on this trip to Guatemala, or not Guatemala, but to Ecuador on my first like speaking gig and like with a bunch of other coaches and speakers. And it was really cool. So that's how things got kicked off. While I'm in this thread of the story, I got to bring in because when people look me up, they're going to see me and they're going to see a rubber chicken. And they're going to be like, why like, is all right, I'm trying to fit both these things. What's wrong with this guy? Why has it got a rubber chicken? Like, I'm supposed to come out here with my career. Where's this all fit in? Well, on that trip, there was a guy that was with the group. He was a coach too. He was a shaman. He was someone that was just an empowering individual that when you were around him, you felt better about yourself. He helped you realize who you were. And he was, in my words, I think he was, you know, he got to be a messenger for God and remind people of their own internal power. And what he did was he carried around a giant rubber chicken. I don't know if this thing's going to be seen on the web, but it looks something like this. (laughs) (laughs) That looks great. Okay. And then he would give everybody. For our listeners, they can come in, they can, they can find you on, on, they can Google, find you on your website and they'll see that rubber chicken just in case. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he gave everybody these tiny little baby rubber chickens. And for people listening, it's about an inch and a half, maybe. And very tiny. It's a little baby one. And he just gave those out to people and kids and reminded. It's like little tokens. Like, hey, don't believe in the fear inside you. Don't be a chicken. You know, like do what you really want. So he, he just gave those out. But a year after I met him, he was unfortunately killed in a terrorist attack over in Egypt. After that happened, I felt inspired by God to take his message and keep paying it forward. I ordered my first round of rubber chickens. And so when I ordered my first round, they showed up at my doorstep, but someone stole them from my front porch. And they just so happened to steal them moments before I walked back, but not, I didn't see them stealing, but I saw them with the box. And then when I got back to the front porch, I looked on my phone, there was my alert, just dropped off, no box. And then I'm standing there and I'm having one of those moments where you know or I knew this was a moment where you choose your direction in life. Mm. Like, do I go upstairs and be a coward or do I go chase this guy down? Do I have the chips or do I have the salad? Maybe not as important, maybe more important than that, but (laughs) we have those moments every day. So I chased this guy down. I confronted him and um, found out he did have my package found out he was homeless and strung out on drugs. And um, I ended up giving him, you know, the last six bucks that I had on me and his mom was homeless. And so was his girlfriend. And it's just a really bad situation. I ended up talking to him for a little bit and he gave me a huge gift that day. He gave me the gift of realizing, you know, that I have the confidence in me and I have the, I can choose that every day. Like it's, it's within you all the time, inspiration. It was a really cool moment and that sparked my giving away 10,000 little tiny rubber chickens. And so I'm about 1,075 in. I'm about 10% of the way. (laughs) So that's that's how it all started. And then, you know, 
it's morphed into specifically career coaching and confidence coaching. Mm -hmm. And what I've found is that they really go hand in hand. You know, people second guess themselves. And I've really niched myself into helping people in technology nowadays. So many people inside of tech are very analytical and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But we can get stuck in our heads, second guessing ourselves in, in like an infinite loop, you know, and we don't know how to get out of it. And that's when a coach comes in or that's when a friend or a mentor comes in and says, let's put on the brakes here. Yeah. <laughs> your, your program's not going anywhere. Let's figure out where your loop is stuck. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. And for our listeners, because I think that's, I'm taking notes as we're talking. And I think one of the biggest things that you mentioned right at the beginning of kind of the journey of becoming a coach is feeling that scared and excited feeling, which is where I imagine a lot of the clients who you send the rubber chickens to, that's exactly where they are feeling. I find for many people who are going on to this track of becoming a coach or thinking about it, you honestly have both of those feelings of both that scared and that excited. And honestly, I, I think both need to be present. I think if you're not somewhat scared about going on this track, then Either you're not thinking it all the way through or there's something, there's something else going on. And also excited because this is an opportunity to start moving towards work that you're called to do that's part of your strengths or whatever. And I think something also powerful in your story too is that there's so many times in life, and I feel like from what you've told, where you have the choice to choose of how you respond and how you'll take that. Yeah. And I think it's having that perspective from others, from people who, in my mind, I wouldn't even suspect like the homeless guy who stole your package or the great gentleman who gave you all the who's getting out those rubber chickens, but more so of moments to choose those directions and coming at it from a way that comes from a strength and confidence standpoint that you know is innate inside you. And I feel like these are all just lead up steps to ultimately doing the work that you get to do today and sharing the story with us. So first of all, Thanks for all that. And that's one of the biggest things that I'm taking away is that most likely for a lot of our listeners is that they've got that inside them someplace, but are you choosing that direction to ultimately do that? Yeah. And it's an active choice. Mm -hmm. It becomes easier as you uncover the layers and become clear on what you want to do. And, you know, I was just talking to a guy yesterday at a networking meeting and, um, you know, I could tell he was in the wrong business just wasn't excited about it. Networking meetings, you know, we sit around a table and we, we share about our business and we talk about them. And um, you can tell the people that really care about their business and you can tell the people that don't. And he was sharing that. <laughs> and come to find out, he was a make-a-wish kid that had survived his cancer. And he really wants to make an impact on people in that area. But he's selling something that's not related to that at all. So there's just no passion there for him. If you're in that position and you're listening where you know what you're doing has like no drive, like there's just no fulfillment at all. The first step is really letting yourself know that and be like, you know what, this just isn't working. I got to figure this out. And it's a hard moment because you've got a question. Do I have to go and reinvent myself completely? Do I have to go back to school? Do I have to, you know, what do I got to do? Like, oh my God. And our egos and our identities are going to fight us all the way. My first inclination into career coaching was my second iteration into business, which I was still doing photography, but I was doing drone photography. I was sitting across the table from a guy um, that we were going to go through this, this flight school with, and he was an airline pilot. 
but he had cancer. And if you're an airline pilot, you can't fly for at least two years after you've, you're in remission. Huh. It's a regulation. So imagine what would happen if you spent your whole life becoming something and then you get stopped. So much so our brains are like, I'm a pilot, I'm a pilot, I'm a pilot. This is who I am, da 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 When we can't do that, your identity just goes nuts. What am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to be? Like, I'm a pilot. But, you know, like, it really drives us nuts. And I reminded him, you're not just a pilot. You're a husband, you're a father, you're a son. You're, you're much more than just one thing, right? Yeah. And that helped him get some breathing room to see himself in a new way because our egos can really, you know, like kill us <laughs> sometimes. Yep. When you're in that transition, what I like to tell people inside of this, like in this transition talk, Mm. is we're the creators in our own life, good or bad. And the analogy that I use is that like, if you were a painter and you were painting your life, you can do it unconsciously or consciously. Mm-hmm. Either way, you're painting that picture, right? And when you come to that point in a transition, it's your time to step away and go, am I done with this? And am I going to put in my hall of mirrors and just admire it and, and reflect on it and, and look at the gifts that it's given me and all the tools and everything? Or am I going to just pick up a new paintbrush and add to it, you know, or what, you know, or am I going to go pick up a whole new canvas? When I share that with people, it helps reframe their mind a little bit of like, oh, I have choice in this and I can redo that. Now there are impacts for people. Mm-hmm. Like if you go and you decide, you know, I don't want to be a doctor after going to school for 10 years and you're a doctor in two years. Well, you might have a lot of bills to pay. It might not be. Um, the thing for you, but they're, you know, maybe a dog trainer isn't the best choice at that time. You know, like there's a strategy that might be involved, you know, that could get you there and still be able to use your skills. It's probably not the best um, <laughs> idea. It's funny because I often talk to people and this is one lesson I had to learn during that whole time. And I think it started my own coaching journey where I had to identify and, or I had to actually tell myself that I am not my work. And that was really hard for me because I, ident- I grew up in a family business. I worked my, worked my entire life. My work, myself, my family, we're, it was all the same thing. And I had to yeah. finally separate those things. And then I had a lot of opportunities to, like, to go to conferences and things like that. I remember being at the World Domination Summit in Portland in 2017. I think 2017. I still got my socks. Is that when, when, I think I went in 2016. Yeah. Such a cool event. But I just remember people speaking at every single one of them they were on this track and then something happened and they just decided that that's not what I'm going to do anymore. I'm going to do something else. Yeah. Or they did that multiple times. And I think at every point in our lives, you have the ability to choose. And, you know, it depends on everybody's situation is different from what you're coming in with to what you're wanting to go to and, and people who might depend on you, all those types of things. But I think at every point you have a choice and it's really a question of, are you consciously or unconsciously choosing and what will you do about it? And ultimately kind of the profession we're both in is, will you ask for help? Yeah. And I think that's ultimately a spot where, where people get, but kind of shifting gears for a second, because I want to get back to that starting the business spot. And as a tech guy, I imagine that you use maybe some resources or maybe kept it simpler for people who are just thinking about starting their business. So when you were starting your business, what tools did you find the most useful in getting started? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is one, some of the, is having a coach first off. 
because you're probably going to be second guessing yourself. You're probably not going to know exactly the steps to take. And if you're used to having someone just give you a paycheck, that doesn't work so much in the entrepreneurial world. You Mm -hmm. get to create your paycheck a little bit or a lot, (laughs) you know, you are in charge of that. And sometimes you have to fire your boss. (laughs) I think having a coach is very great. It's almost like hiring a boss, so to speak, but they're in your corner and you can fire them at any time. Some of the resources out there, as far as like, uh, are you looking for more technical resources or just the things that I found most helpful? The things you found most helpful. Coaching, having a group of people or like a mastermind where they're doing or up to the same thing mm-hmm. because you'll find yourself isolated really quick, really fast. Um, and if you don't have some peers around you to reflect and be like, oh, God, I'm not an idiot. You did that too? Sweet. What'd you do? Oh, okay, cool. I'll go do that. You yeah. know, just having that space because the people that you have just left in your old work they don't care about that stuff. They're not interested. You know, they want the paycheck and that's fine. But if you want to make it as an entrepreneur, you've got to find yourself with other people that are doing that same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge resource. So masterminds are great. Finding local chapters of, you know, if you want to join, um, finding other coaches, you know, if you're in a coaching program, there's a lot of group coaches that, that are out there. There's a lot of Facebook coaches, uh, coaching programs, or coaching groups where you can find people. Yeah. But the most important thing, I think, is to find someone, uh, find either the coach or the group of people that you're aspiring to be around, right? Don't be the smartest one in the room. Find people that are going to, you're going to be able to look up to and say, go out and reach out for help because we're all learning in this thing called life together. I often talk about mic drop moments in in this podcast. And I feel like that's definitely one of them because it just shows so much in your story itself. Meaning like so many of the people that you talk to or got the chance, got the chance to know, but in your story, when you're talking about yourself, you talk about the people that you got to meet along the way. And I feel often that, especially like you mentioned, when people are starting their new business or, going from a place where they're working with a nine to five paycheck or where there's maybe some more certainty around there and going to the very uncertain ambiguous path of becoming a coach. There's a lot of mindset shifts. There's a lot of self-confidence shifts. There's a lot of like tactile, like, all right, how do you, the scheduling software, I have no clue I'm going to pick. Which one do you use? Oh, I use this one. Uh, Did people schedule you on Sundays? Yep, they did. Is there a Sunday you can get them not to do that? Like, oh, here's where you go and do that kind of stuff, right? Yep. It's like all those types of things too. And in my mind, it's creating your environment. The way I think and the way Philip thinks about it in his head, because I speak in third person sometimes, is <laughs> I like to create my own board of directors or my own. Duh, Philip. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so how can I basically start creating my own like people around me who give me the best advice and the quality of those people and where they are to matters. Yeah. Another question I have for you, and this, as our listeners know, this is becoming one of my favorite questions is, you know, in starting the business and becoming a coach. For you, what was the hardest part in becoming a coach and opening up your own business? But more so, what are the things you had to sacrifice in becoming a coach and opening your business? You know, I think the hardest thing for me has been I'm not on a team anymore, so to speak, right? While the idea of freedom sounds awesome in a lot of respects, and it is, there's also some other realities. When you become a leader in your own life, you're a leader 
the leaders at the front of the pack. There's usually not that many people around them. So that's been a check and balance of how else do I feel that, you know, that need for me to be social because I'm a social person. I'm an extrovert. I like being around people that brings out the best in me. But sometimes I have to check that when I know some of the people that uh, I may want to be around are not the best fit at the moment. That's kind of both of those answers in one of like, I've had to make some sacrifices around choosing not to be as social or inside of this growth process, like used to go out and have more fun, you know, drink more and stuff like that. And so not that that's a sacrifice that I think now, but it, it, it did show up as a choice. Like, I think I need to consciously choose to work on my business more than to go out and just have a ton of fun. Yeah. And so while I'm not an advocate for working all the time at all, like I, I don't want anybody to do that. going to be times when you're going to have to choose, especially in the beginning, because you're still figuring things out. You're still fumbling through it and you're still learning to ride the bike. And if it's your own business, that bike's got to produce money too, or you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bike, but you get what I mean. It's so much of that choice. And it, it comes back to, you know, other things we said about choosing how you respond and choosing essentially what direction that's going to take you. And, and I imagine very much in the beginning of the process, going kind of back to the self-confidence, but self-confidence in a way of like new coaches and new business, new business owners. And I, in my mind, those are two separate things. They can be the same, but sometimes we'll have new coaches and sometimes we have new business leaders and yeah. it takes different mindsets for both from the confidence standpoint. So I guess more of my question for you is, are there common things that you see from a new coach's perspective or even new business owner's perspective that, that you see that are, you know, are the most common as far as confidence issues for those kinds of groups? And clarity is a big one. You know, I know I've struggled with that of like really being clear on, on who you're serving, hmm. you know, who you're helping. Because a lot of times in the beginning, myself included, you'll want to just be like, I can help them. I can help them too. You know, I can, but the more and the more clarity you have in your mind of who you're serving, the more you can set yourself up in your brand and your messaging and all of that to write to those people, to talk to those people. You know, like I help IT professionals, like, yes, I can help many other types of people in their career, but that's who I resonate with. That's who I jive with. I can talk, you know, we can talk about shop and what's going on with the cloud. Well, you know, how did things break last week for you or whatever, you know, not that I get too into the weeds with them, but there's a relatability there as yep. that if I wasn't clear on who I'm serving, it's not as easy for me to relate to someone in a different industry. Mm -hmm. It's just much more natural. I worked with people in different industries. And the, when I focus on, you know, tech, things are just easier for me and them. Yeah. And I imagine too, there are mindset pieces that show up possibly different for that group of people than other groups of people. And they might look different on the outside, but they, what I find is when you get down into the weeds of it, you know, talking shop, but more so is that they use different words in saying those types of problems or how they talk about their fears or their any other things around there too. Is that, yep. Do you find that too? Yeah. I mean, it all comes basically down to the same things. It's not so much a comfort side on me. It's a comfort side on a client. They mm -hmm. want to know that I've walked in their shoes. Mm. Well, I might be able to help someone, you know, that's in the fashion industry or in retail or something like that with their mindset. It does help if someone has that expertise in that area too. You know, I've had people turn me down because 
I didn't have expertise in whatever area they were looking for. You know, yeah. I, think it was, I think it was a lawyer or something like that. Just knowing who you serve and being specific. And the secret usually is it's you because you're the person who's overcome the battle or overcome the issue or transition from that to this. And there's going to be people behind you that you're going to be able to help and give a hand to. One of my last questions for you is a clean slate question. If you were to go back and take away everything, and if you had three months to start your business and become a coach or we you know whatever time frame, if we had to go back all the years and months of the whole process that it would take there, what would you do? I'm kind of do in the process of like a brand refresh right now. Uh-huh. And I sell these t-shirts as a little side thing, but they're just to inspire people. It says, be the inspiration. You're awesome. You're beautiful. That's you great. Know, like just inspirational messages, right? So, which yeah. is, that's the core there. And I would just really be centered on knowing the soul of my business. And the soul of my business is be the inspiration. And the pathway is the career for me. So, mm-hmm. people come to me through when they're second guessing themselves in their career. And then I help them be the inspiration in their life to go do what they really care about. But I didn't have that before, but I kind of had the bits and pieces. And I would find someone to help me get to that as fast as I could. Because knowing, I'm sorry, go ahead. If you don't have that, you're going to be second guessing yourself. At least I am. Fine. Knowing the soul. Sometimes the way I talk about that is knowing your why around Mm -hmm. it too. Like, why are you doing that? The thing that you're doing and then kind of choosing the path and then finding someone to help you along the way and essentially speed it up. And I always think about it as helping the learning curve too. Yeah. On that note, I feel like that's a great spot to end, but I feel like so much of everything that you mentioned in really taking those moments and surrounding yourself with those, those powerful people, and then ultimately choosing that direction that aligns with your soul, aligns with the why is the biggest thing I'm taking away for you. And I feel like of anybody that, I, that we have had on this podcast, that you are the most tapped into that with yourself. And ultimately, that's what is what I'm taking away from what I need to make sure I'm going back and doing myself. <laughs> but the same thing that I think our listeners can take away too. So thank you so much for that, for their inspiring messages, but really making sure that it brings it back to that very soulful and grounded spot. So thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm the winner. <laughs> chickens for everybody. All right. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Even inside of that message, this is what I want to share. Even when you're sharing that with me, mm. what happens in our brains and happens in my brain too is our greatest gift is like water to a fish. Mm. You don't even know you have it. You don't even know it's yours. And when you can find out what your water is for you, that's when you go and go be that even more. And you don't even have to try because it just comes out naturally. That's what I can help people do. <laughs> I love the water and fish analogy. Yeah. I feel like I couldn't think of a better spot to end. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Brad. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the How to Become a Career Coach podcast. And we'll see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the How to Become a Career Coach podcast. For more information, check out becomeacareercoach.com where you can find information on this podcast, our programs, books, and endless content on, well, how to become a career coach. Also, don't be shy. If you have any questions 
or kind words, we'd love to hear from you. And you can reach me directly at philip at happentoyourcareer.com. And that's Philip with two L's. So thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.